listening to the Living Room North Living Room North podcast. Well, hey, my name is Jake. Like Ryan and Viv said earlier, um, I'm super excited to be here. I'm a small group leader here starting like, I don't know, last week, which is super fun. Um, I thought I would do the classic thing that pastors normally do when they introduce themselves with like a picture of my family and my like, wife and my kids, and my cute little dog. And so um, I took out my phone and started scrolling for a picture. And um, I realized that uh, I don't really have any of those things. And so instead, <laughs> I brought this photo of myself at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yes. This was my, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is my first try of the new fried chicken sandwich, um, which I don't know, pretty good. You should try it. Um, I actually have an Instagram account solely dedicated to Cracker Barrel. You can follow me at crackerbarrel.jake. Um, it's all of my Cracker Barrel adventures. Um, and yeah, you can get the full review of, of the fried chicken sandwich and you can be as happy as, as I am and was that day in particular. Um, my Cracker Barrel journey um, really started when I was in high school, my mom and I would go to Cracker Barrel every single Sunday when I was in high school because there really was nothing else to do where I'm from. I'm from a small town called Dublin, which is like two hours south of Atlanta. You only know it because you've stopped to pee there before on your way to Savannah. Um, there's nothing else to do in Dublin because it is the country, like country with a K. Like I wake up in the morning when I'm in Dublin and I open my window and there's a cornfield. And so this whole corn joke, it's like not a joke to me. It's really corn and it's beautiful. It's my wake up call in the mornings. And so it's funny because when I was in college, I went to the University of Georgia, woof woof. And when I was in college, um, I would come home from school and um, I'd spend the weekend with my family, with my mom, my brother, and um, I would go back to school and my voice had changed. My accent was so different. Like I'd like go to my friends back in Athens, I'm like, hey, y'all, y'all want to go that there, crack and brown, get chicken fried chicken and a hash brown casserole and a mac and cheese and a sweet tea. And um, they're like, bro, what is your problem? It's because I've been home. I've been in Dublin. I've been with my family and all those things. And what's really funny is the flip also happened. I remember the first time I came home from college, get this, with cuffed jeans. Yeah, I know, trendy. Um, I had cuffed my jeans for the first time. It was a new revolutionary thing. We don't do that in Dublin. We have like boots and we like slit a rip in our jeans with a knife or something. That's what we did. We didn't cuff no jeans, but I came home with cuffed jeans. My mom comes out with a sewing kit. She's like, you need those pants hemmed? I'm like, no, Tammy. I'm trying to be cool and trendy. And it's funny because I think about that and I think about college and, and you've experienced this too. Is maybe you go home or maybe it's the people that you're around in college that we become like the people that we are around. Like when you hang out with people, you start to become like them. You start to say things like them. Uh, I work as a high school pastor um, at a campus similar to this. And um, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Um, recently, uh, someone was like telling me something about their life and it was like exciting and all that jazz. And I was just like, yes, queen, slay, purr. And I was like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. I hate myself. I'm ready for Jesus to come back. Um, <laughs> Whoa, where did that come from? But it's because I hang out with high schoolers all the time. And that's just like, you become like the people you're around. Maybe you've experienced this too. Like, I hate country music. But when I spend time with people who like country music, I'll be at the beach and I'm like, I don't even know a country song on top of my head, but like, you know, one of them that you probably listen to. And I'm like, I started to listen to country music too. And I like hate myself for it, but I do because it's the, what the people around me do. Or maybe for you, it's like, the things that you enjoy doing. Maybe you weren't much of a hiker and then you go to UNG and it's the mountains and you wanna go hiking and that's what we do. And we take pictures of the vineyards and post our Instagram stories and like all that stuff. 
And we start to become like the people that we're around. We dress like them, we talk like them, we listen to the same music, we like to do the same things, we make the same jokes. But also the same thing is true if you hang around a group of people who like to gossip a lot. Have you ever noticed you start to gossip a lot? You start to eat that crap up. Like, spill the tea, sis. Like, I want to hear it. Or maybe if you hang around people who are super negative all the time. I'm a naturally negative person, full disclosure. And so I have to surround myself with positive people because otherwise I'm just going to be negative. Or maybe for you, you went to college and maybe you're a freshman and, and you didn't have any other friends. So the first group of friends that you found love to go out and they love to drink and they love to do all those things like the party. And you're like, I guess I'll go do that too. I don't have any other friends right now. We become like the people that we are around. And so tonight I want to have a conversation about your relationships. Now, full disclosure, when Ryan asked me to speak about relationships, I thought he meant romantic relationships. And I was like, these people are screwed. I know nothing. Zero. I was like, I don't know. But I was ready to commit. Just know. I'm like, you know, if you can't be a player, be a coach. So I'm like, gotta come in. I'm gonna have something for you. Coaches don't play. That's right. That's right. I'll give you all the advice. Don't follow it. Um, thankfully, that's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about friendships. And what I, you don't normally do this when you, when you teach something, but I'm going to give you like the most important thing at the beginning. And it's super basic. and almost feels like I don't need to put this on the slide, but I want you to know where we're going tonight. And it's this, is that your friends matter. And you're like, no crap, Jake. <laughs> like, yeah. But tonight I want to talk about your friends the people that you hang out with, the people that you maybe live with, if, if you have roommates, maybe you're dating someone and they have friends, like your friends matter. The people you surround yourself with, they matter. They're important. Obviously like they're important as people, but they're also important to you. And so tonight we're gonna get a little selfish and we're gonna think about us and what other people and their influence is actually doing for us. Now, when I say that, what I don't mean is that we're gonna sit here and talk about, oh, like you can't hang out with people who do X, Y, Z things and you can't hang out with like non-Christians and you can't hang out with like all this stuff. Like that's not what we're talking about. Because the reality is like to a certain degree, you can't control who's around you. You can't control the people who you work with or the people that maybe live on your hall or the people that you like ride to school with on the bus or the people that you end up with in other spheres of life. Like you can't control everyone who's in your life. But what you can't control are the people who are in your inner circle. And when I say inner circle, I mean the like two to five people who sit in your life, who have influence in your life, who speak into your life, who you go to when you need relationship advice, who you go to when you have a breakup, who you go to when you fail a test and now your mom's calling and she's going to cut you off because, you know, blah, 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 the, all the things. Any problem you have in life, these are the people you go to. The people that you want to celebrate with when life goes well. Last week, we had some people say they got engaged. Like, who are the people that you want at your engagement party? Like, those are these people. This is your best man, your maid of honor. That's who we're talking about tonight. Who's in your inner circle? And the reason this is so important, the reason that we can't mess this up, and the reason that there's no better time than right now to get this right, is because your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. As you go, they go. Your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. As you go, they go. I remember uh, my very first night in Athens. Um, I didn't come to school with a lot of friends. I didn't know a lot of people. And so I just kind of 
had the cards that I was dealt. And so I decided I would be good friends with my roommate and, and his friends. And so the very first night we're in Athens, they're like, we're going to go downtown. And I'm like, heck yeah, we are. Because Dublin, downtown is like Taco Bell. And so I'm like drooling, like Crunchwrap Supreme, Baja Blast. Like, this is going to be awesome. And the next thing I know, we're like in line for a bar. And I was like, super sheltered as a kid. And so I'm like, what is this? And so we're standing in line and my roommate looks at me and he's like, let me see your fake. I was like, my fake what, you know? And he was like, your fake ID. And I was like, I don't have one of those. And he was like, well, how do you expect to get into this bar? And I was like, I don't know, I'm just gonna walk in. That's how I've gotten into every other place in my life. I just put my feet on and I walk in. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you've been to a bar. Don't tell me if you have or not. We're not gonna get anybody in trouble here, but you can't get into a bar when you're 18 without some sort of ID that is not legal. And so I end up walking back home to my dorm alone in the dark, sad, lonely. But when I was walking home that night, I promised myself something. I promised myself that I wasn't gonna settle on these people that I wasn't just gonna settle for the first people that I found. I wasn't gonna settle for the, the people who like wanted to hang out with me or the, or the people who I sat with in class and just immediately settle for whoever wanted to be in my life. I wasn't gonna settle on that because I knew it was too important. And so what actually happened is I went home that night and over the next few weeks, I just started meeting people. I joined uh, this Christian fraternity, which is just as weird as it sounds. I got plugged into, through them and through a small group that I had within that fraternity, I got plugged into a college ministry called the Wesley Foundation, which is just a ministry very similar to this that met on Wednesday nights at Georgia. And what's ironic about Wesley and its location on campus was if I walked out of my dorm, I could take a left and I could go to downtown uphill, or I could turn right and I could go to Wesley also uphill, because somehow in Athens, everything is uphill except for my love life. And so I had two options. And so literally the people in my life, the people I chose to surround myself with determined the physical direction of my life, but they also determined a metaphorical direction too. You see, it was those group of people who, as I started like leading and, and leading small groups and like doing random leadership position things in the fraternity, they started saying, hey, you're really good at this have you ever thought about going into ministry? And I'm like, nah, bro, I'm gonna be a doctor because like, I like expensive things. Like, <laughs> I gotta have money, you know? Ministry don't always pay the bills, let's be honest. And so those were the people who pushed me and challenged me. And they're the reason I'm standing here today. They actually determined the direction of my life. As they went, I went. On a Wednesday night, it's like, yo, are you going to Wesley? Yeah, we're going, so let's go. And we all would walk up the hill together. And if, it, if that's true, if that your friends, the people who are in your circle, if they determine the direction and the quality of your life, if that is a true statement, I believe that it is. And I think you believe it too. And so tonight, the question that we have to ask ourselves is this, is that where are you going? The first question we have to ask ourselves is where are we going? Where is my life headed? What's next for me? What, is, what are my habits? What are the things that I'm doing on a daily basis? Who are the people that I'm surrounding myself? Where are they leading me? 
Where are you going? And I think if you're honest with yourself and you answer that question truthfully, it'll tell you a lot about these people. Because some of you are headed in a direction you never saw yourself going down. You're doing things on the weekend that you told yourself you would never do. Or maybe for some of you, you're just aimlessly walking around and you're just going to class and then you're going to whatever I am sport you decide to be a part of and you're showing up at TLR and there's not really a direction because these people don't exist. Because no one stumbles into this circle. No one invades your inner circle. They have to be invited in. And so tonight I want to talk about what it looks like to fill these seats with the right people who are headed in a direction that you want to go. Last week, we kicked off this series, Living My Best Life. Side note, um, this is really gonna tell you a lot about me um, and my music habits. Um, when I saw the title, Living My Best Life, I did not think of the Ben Rector song. Um, I actually thought of the Cardi B feature and Chance the Rapper song. Um, anybody else know that one? Perfect, this is really awkward and it's just me, that's amazing. Um, don't listen to it later, um, you will think a lot less of me. Um, but that's just a side note that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. We started a series last week called Living My Best Life. Lauren was here, she crushed it and kicked off our week talking about money. And we talked about this idea that, um, that money can control you and we sometimes get controlled by a thing that can disappear in an instant. And if we want to live our best life, we can't let things like that control us. And so this week we're talking about friends and, and all of this series is coming from the book of Proverbs, which was written by this guy named Solomon. And when Solomon was in his 20s, so about your age, God said, hey, paraphrase, JJJWV, Jacob John Jared Williams version, which is my full name. Anyways, he said, hey, if you could have anything in the world, what would it be? And so Solomon said, money. No, he didn't. He said, wisdom. I want to have wisdom. So God gave him all this wisdom. He's known as the wisest man in the entire world. And so he wrote down all these sayings, these short, memorable sayings that, that help us live our best life. And they're written down in the book of Proverbs. And so tonight we're revisiting the book of Proverbs. And this is the verse that we're going to look at. Proverbs 13, 20, that says this. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, for a companion of fools will suffer harm. You become like the people you're around, right? So like if you are around wise people, you become wise. If you're around people who are headed in a great direction, you're going to be headed in a great direction. If you're around people who are smart, you're going to be smart. You're going to pick up habits of wise people. You're going to become wise. That's a no-brainer. But what's interesting to me about this verse is that it does not say a companion of fools becomes a fool. It says a companion of fools suffers harm. When I was in middle school, um, I grew up in the church and I've heard so many sermons and a lot of sermons like this. And as I was thinking about tonight, I was like, oh my gosh, there's this message when I was literally in middle school and it's the most simple illustration in the world. Try not to fall here. This chair is bouncy. If you were to stand in a chair, as I am now, if you were to walk up to me and you were to try to pull me down, it would be a lot easier than me trying to pull you up. In fact, the ironic thing is that if I try to pull you up, and you're not like helping me, you're not like, you know, give me a little bit, like I'm actually probably gonna fall down with you anyway. 
It's so much easier for us to get pulled down than for us to pull somebody up. And if I'm thinking about some of the people in my life who have pulled me down from a space like this, sometimes they pull too hard, I fall and I get hurt. And that's so elementary, but like, isn't that true? Like when you hang around people that you know that you shouldn't hang around, they lead you to places to do things that, that you never thought that you would do. Gosh, I remember being in high school and you know, there, there's so many boundaries that your parents set and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, Tammy, like set the boundary or whatever. And then I didn't do it. And I was around other people my age who didn't have a boundary, didn't set boundaries. And we did so much stupid stuff that I've carried for a really long time. We've made mistakes under the influence that I wish I could take back. We crossed physical boundaries that I wish I could take back. Things that one day I'm gonna have to look at my wife and say, I didn't save myself for you because I surrounded myself with fools and I didn't just become a fool, I got hurt. This isn't just a Solomon thing either. Paul, the apostle Paul actually writes about this in his letter to the church in Corinth. He says a very similar thing. He says, do not be misled. Bad company ruins good morals. Bad company ruins good morals. What's interesting about this, if you'll notice, it's actually a quote. And it's not a quote from Jesus. It's not a quote from like Moses or Noah or someone else in the Bible. This is actually a quote from a Greek poet who wrote this 300 years before Paul ever wrote this letter. This idea of you becoming like the people you're around and you falling because people are trying to pull you down if you're not careful with who's in your circle. This whole concept, it's not a Jesus thing. It's not a Christian thing, it's a human thing. It's something we all experience. It's not like, hey, I'm a Christian, so I don't need to hang out with non-Christians. No, that's actually the opposite of what Jesus did. And it's not saying like, hey, if there are those people in your life right now, you gotta kick them out. That's not it either. You don't have to drop anyone because their morals don't line up with you. You don't have to stop hanging out with people. They just can't sit here. Because these are the people that you're gonna to run to when life is the hardest. And you don't want bad advice. You don't want foolish advice. These are the people that you're gonna to run to when you wanna celebrate and you don't want someone who's so selfish that they can't celebrate with you because they feel like you're getting ahead of them. You want people that you can trust, who care about you, who love you, who are for you. And so wherever that lands with you tonight, maybe you're like, oh, I know exactly who's in these seats and they don't need to be there. Or maybe you're like, well, there's like one or two that I can move out. Or you're like, well, maybe like, I don't even know who those people are and I need to figure them out. Whatever, wherever you're at, I wanna give us all three simple steps to how to make friends. It feels like we're in like kindergarten, first grade, first day of class. How do we make friends, Johnny? <laughs> but I believe that if you do this, you will experience more abundant life. The best life that Jesus came to offer you. So I've got three quick, easy steps. You're taking notes. This is what I want you to write down. Number one is you got to find them. 
And when I say find them, I mean like you got to go like put yourself out there. Like, gosh, I remember, I don't know if this is a thing <laughs> at UNG, but when I was at Georgia, it was like a thing where like there's no seats in the dining hall. And so you end up like sitting with a stranger if you like don't have friends. And I remember like someone told me one time, like, just introduce yourself, be their friend. I'm like, no shot. There's no way I'm doing that. That's so weird. But one day I just did it. And I was like, sick shirt. And uh, Ben was his name. Ben was like, thanks. And I'm like, this is going nowhere. And then he ends up in one of my small groups. And I'm like, ah, this is embarrassing. Then a few days ago, he asked me to officiate his wedding. And again, I'm like, bro, I don't know what I'm doing. So like, I don't know what kind of marriage advice you want from me. But you just got to put yourself out there. You never know. You got to find people who are trustworthy. I heard someone say one time that someone who shares your secrets cares a lot more about themselves than they care about you. They care a lot more about them getting ahead by sharing your secret than they care about protecting, the, protecting you. Find someone who's trustworthy. Find someone who's truthful. You don't want someone who's only gonna tell you the things you wanna hear. I don't care how great of a person you are. There are things about you, there are things about me that I need to be told that I don't wanna hear. And you need people who are gonna tell you that. Find someone who's, who's honest with you. Find someone who's trustworthy. Find someone who's, who aligns with what you align with. Someone who you see them walking in a direction. You're like, I also wanna walk in that direction. It is so much harder. I'm like, you know this. If you ever try to like work out by yourself, or you've ever tried to like change something about your lifestyle by yourself, it is so hard to do it by yourself. So find people who want to do it with you. So number one is find them. Number two, you got to make them. I know these sound like the same thing, but they're not. Because finding friends means that you're identifying people who could potentially be in this circle. But making friends is about intentionality. It's about consistency. It's about showing up. There's a, a book called Find Your People by a woman named Jenny Allen, and um, it's phenomenal. And it's, it speaks so much into the problems of isolation and loneliness in our generation. And one of the things that she says is that it takes, get this, 200 hours, 200 hours with someone for them to be considered a close friend, to deserve one of these seats. So sitting in a small group room for an hour, hour and a half on a Wednesday night, I ain't going to cut it. You got to get intentional. And then when you get in those spaces, you got to get honest. You got to invite them in. No one invades this space. You have to invite them in. You have to allow them to speak into your life. So number one, find them. Number two, make them. And number three is move them. And this is probably the most uncomfortable one. Because for many of you, there are people who are sitting here who don't need to sit here. And please, dear God, do not have a conversation and be like, yo, bro, you got to get out the seat. Like, don't do that. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. But just find better people. Don't go to them when you need advice. Put people here who you can trust. People who have walked a road that you want to walk down. It sounds super simple, and I know because I've been in your shoes not too long ago. I'm 24, so I really wasn't 
I'm not too far ahead of you down the road, but I remember what it's like to be in your shoes. I remember how difficult this is. But I also see now on this side of college how worth it it is. Because I have people in my life now who have who've loved me through the hardest seasons of my life. And I know that you're walking through a lot of that too. I know that there are people in this room who walked in with anxiety or depression or just loneliness. You don't know where your identity comes from. You don't know like if you matter to people, if people would even miss you if you weren't here. I had a lot of those thoughts when I was in college. I still do, if I'm being honest. And so, yes, your friends will determine the direction of your life. I heard someone say one time, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me the people that you're living with. Show me the people that you're inviting into your life. Tell me what they do on the weekends. I'll tell you what you're about to do on the weekends too. That's how it works. That's why missionary dating does not work. (laughs) So y'all be trying to flirt to convert and they don't work like that. Your friends will determine the direction of your life, but they're also going to determine the quality of your life. Right here, right now. This is so urgent. You can't wait till your senior year to figure this out. If you're a senior, you can't wait till you graduate and like move to whatever city you're trying to move to to figure this out. You can't wait until you're an adult to figure this out, a real adult. I mean, we're like adults, but not really, let's be honest. Like you can't wait until you're like, older and with kids to to figure this out. You have to figure this out now because it's going to change your right now. It's going to affect the quality of your life right now, today, tomorrow, the next day. You can't wait to do this. And I know this because this is my experience. My dad passed away when I was a junior in college. And I remember on the day of his funeral, I couldn't even hold myself up. I felt really alone. I felt like God had forgotten me because he was too busy remembering everybody else. Because we've been praying. My dad had been paralyzed since I was in the sixth grade. And so we've been praying for a long time for some sort of healing, some sort of something And I'm watching everybody else's prayers get answered and mine wasn't. And so I remember being on that day and I was, I'd been in church my whole life. I've been a Christian for a long time. And I'm like, God, I don't think you're actually who I thought you were. But then there was a group of guys from that fraternity that I joined, from that small group that I was in, that group that I found my freshman year of college, two and a half years later, who drove three-ish hours to show up for me that day. I keep a picture with me to remind me of this day because it reminds me that, that these people aren't just here to like help you figure out what your career goal is or help you figure out if the person that you're dating is the person you're supposed to marry. They're here to remind you who God is. Or maybe for some of you to tell you who God is for the very first time. 
And when I look at this picture, I'm reminded that, you know what? God is good because he allowed these people to be in my life. We fostered this relationship for multiple years. And then they showed up during Christmas break when everyone else is on ski trips and, and doing the college spring break or uh, Christmas break things. They showed up three hours away just to hold me because I couldn't hold myself. Well, uh, except for Grayson on the left. He doesn't really do physical touch. <laughs> this is urgent. You don't have time to wait. We got to figure this out right now. And so tonight I want you to ask yourself the question, where are you going? Who's leading you there? Because I just believe with, with everything inside of me that, that God has goodness for you right now. I literally have a tattoo on my arm of 1010. It's John 1010 that says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came, Jesus, I came that they, you, me, may have life and have it abundantly. Not just later, not just when we get to heaven one day, but now, right now. As an 18 to, to 22, 23, 24, 25 year old, you can have this right now. But you gotta figure out who these people are. But I have to put this caveat here. Because I say all this, but if you're looking to these people to make you feel fulfilled and to satisfy you and to make you feel the feeling that you've been waiting to feel for a long time or make you feel alive again, you might have it for a moment, but that's not what these people are here for. They're here to point you to Jesus. They're here to point you to a God who is good and who has good things for you. And until he's enough for you, these people won't be. But in times when you forget what God is like, you forget who he is, they'll tell you, you gotta get the right people there. I, uh, I believe in college so much. I told my guys last week that I grew the first six months of college, I grew more in those six months than I grew the first 18 years of my life. It's because I put the right people in it. The right people who took me to the right places. The right people who reminded me of the right things when I needed to hear it the most. And that's what I want for you. Because I still, at 24 years old, I call them when things don't go the way I want them to go we tailgate together. We like, this is so weird. We used to like shotgun Capri Suns when we were in college and like sometimes we still do that. <laughs> Fun. We do life together, every piece of it. And that's available to you too. But you gotta put in some work. But it's so worth it.